Hello, and welcome to the first Minutes with Maurice podcast of 2022. Today's podcast is a historical retrospective of past global epidemics. It is a broad review of killer viruses and should not be construed as all-inclusive. It is a result of my research and compilation of previously published articles. As the calendar was turned to January 2019, the world and especially the citizens of the United States were alerted to the existence of a possibly highly contagious virus. It was then millions of people were made aware of three particular labels in reference to global measures of illnesses. TV's talking heads were suddenly using terms like epidemic, pandemic, and endemic. Their definitions clearly allow us to envision the boundaries of various invasions. An epidemic is defined as a disease that affects a large number of people within a community, population, or region. A pandemic is an epidemic that's spread over multiple countries or continents. Endemic is a disease that is permanently present to a particular people or region. While the COVID pandemic may be a surprise to many people, history tells us it is only another virus that has become infectious. What follows is a timeline and description of disease known to science. In year 541, mid-5th century, the Justinian plague spread through Palestine and the Byzantine Empire. It is believed to be the first significant appearance of the bubonic plague carried by rats and spread by fleas. Recurrences over the next two centuries eventually killed 50 million people, estimated to be 26% of the world population. Leprosy grew into a pandemic during the 11th century in Europe. It is a slow, developing bacterial disease that at the time was believed to be a punishment from God. Now, known as Hansen's disease, it still affects tens of thousands of people a year and can be fatal if not treated with antibiotics. In 1350, the second stage of the bubonic plague became known as the Black Plague. It was responsible for the death of one-third of the world population. It possibly started in Asia and moved west in caravans. In 1347, plague sufferers arrived in the port of Messina, and it rapidly spread through Europe. England and France were so incapacitated by the plague that the countries called a truce to their war. As the plague ravaged populations in Greenland, the Vikings lost the strength to wage battle against native populations and their exploration of North America halted. 
around 1492, following the arrival of the Spanish in the Caribbean, diseases such as smallpox, measles, and bubonic plague were passed to the native populations by the Europeans. With no previous exposure, these devastated indigenous people, with as many as 90% dying throughout North and South continents. While much has been written about the arrival of the pilgrims on American soil in 1492, little has been written about the deaths of some 56 million Native Americans in the 16th and 17th century, largely through the disease. It has been suggested it may have altered Earth's climate as vegetation growth on tilled land drew, as vegetation growth on tilled land drew more carbon dioxide from the atmosphere and caused a cooling event. Upon arrival on the island of Hispaniola, Christopher Columbus encountered the Taino people who had a population of about 60,000 people. In a little over 50 years, the population was less than 500. The devastation repeated itself throughout the Americas. In 1502, the Aztec Empire was destroyed by a smallpox infection. It weakened the population, so they were unable to resist the Spanish colonizers and left farmers unable to produce needed crops. In 1665, the bubonic plague appeared in London. It led to the deaths of 20% of London's population. Thousands of cats and dogs were killed as the possible cause and the disease spread throughout the ports along the Thames River. The worst of the outbreak tapered off in the fall of 1660, around the same time as another destructive event, the Great Fire of London. In 1817, the first cholera pandemic began near the city of Calcutta, and spread throughout South and Southeast Asia to the Middle East, Eastern Africa, and the Mediterranean coast. It earlier reached as far as China and the Mediterranean Sea before subsiding. Millions of people died between the years of 1817 and 1824, including many British soldiers. It was the first of several cholera pandemics to sweep through Asia and Europe, during the 19th and 20th centuries. When the epidemic reached Russia, their response was to formulate an anti-cholera program in 1823. In 1824, transmission of the disease ended, leading some researchers to believe the recession may have been due to the cold winter of 1823 to 1824, which would have killed the bacteria in the water supplies. The total deaths from the epidemic remain unknown. Estimates range from as low as 2 million to more than 8 million. 
1918 influenza pandemic was the most severe pandemic in recent history. It was caused by an H1N1 virus with genes of avian origin. It's unclear where it originated, but it spread worldwide during 1918 and 1919. It was first identified in U.S. military personnel in the spring of 1918. It is estimated that about 500 million people, or one-third of the world's population, became infected with 50 million, or 10% of the people dying. Almost 700,000 Americans were infected. Mortality was high in people younger than five years old, 20 to 40-year-olds, and 65-year-olds and older. With no vaccine and no antibiotics to treat the infection, control efforts worldwide were limited to non-pharmaceutical intervention, such as isolation, quarantine, and good hygiene, disinfectants, and limitations of public gatherings. Do these measures sound familiar today? Another wave of influenza occurred in the winter and spring of 1919, killing many more, but subsided in the summer. Pictures of New York City policemen show them wearing masks eerily resembling the masks that people are wearing since 2019 as a defense against the COVID-19 virus. 100 years later, the world's scientists struggling to understand and control the spread of a new virus that is initially called SARS, CoV-2. It was later identified in December 2019, but by then it had spread worldwide. My personal involvement with it came during my wife's non-COVID-related hospitalization. She was not allowed visitors, and family could only wave to her through a hospital window. Hospitals were becoming overrun with COVID patients and shut all visitations. The coronavirus disease of 2019 is a contagious disease caused by Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome Coronavirus 2. The first known case was identified in Wuhan, China. Symptoms may begin 1 to 14 days after exposure to the virus. About 81% develop mild to moderate symptoms, while 14% develop severe symptoms. Multi-year studies are underway to further investigate the long-term effects of the disease. The accepted method to detect the disease is through the analysis of nasal fluid using a nose swab. A recent appearance of a COVID virus mutation has caused additional cases of infection. We now hear and read about it under the label Omicron. 
It seems to be a milder version of the original disease, although scientists are reluctant to make a definite statement. Scientists with the World Health Organization, commonly referred to as WHO, and the U.S. Center for Disease Control, or CDC, as it's referred to immediately, began working on isolating the virus. Given the isolation findings, large pharmaceutical companies rushed to find a vaccine to combat the virus. Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson were at the forefront. Their success is a scientific feat with few parallels. No vaccine has ever been developed so quickly before, never mind readying for widespread use and manufactured at scale. Governments invested enormous amounts of money into research and development. Protocols for approvals that would normally require two or three years of studies of efficacy and side effects were shortened, and new guidelines allowed vaccines to become commercially available by late 2020. Initial findings established the need for two vaccines administered three to six months of each other were thought to be provide sufficient immunity against the virus. In mid-2021, it was determined a booster or third injection would be the best approach. Masks are still encouraged while out in public or in large groups. Companies require their employees to be vaccinated or, or face termination, while others are still are still permitting employees to work remotely. That very option has impacted commercial real estate as many office spaces remain empty. Residential real estate, in contrast, has boomed as more and more people look for larger homes to provide ample work at home space. Scientists are currently telling us that while it seems the current pandemic is coming under control, it may well be a recurring disease, much like the flu with an annual booster shot required. I personally have had the three Pfizer vaccines and urge everyone to get the immunity level evidence is showing to be expected. I thank you for listening to this podcast and be sure to click on forward to listen to the next Minutes with Maurice podcast. Also, today I would like to thank my daughter, Michelle Weidenbenner, for finding her voice and podcast expertise. She is an author and creator of Facebook's Moms Letting Go and my inspiration to start podcasting. Thank you, Michelle. Happy New Year, and until next time, I am Maurice St. Germain.